And I know that uh, this past Thursday, uh, we had a great time with some folks for Thanksgiving here at the church. We had right around 40 folks that were here and had a tremendous meal. We had, uh, we had a baked turkey, we had a smoked turkey, and we had a deep fried turkey. So it was, it was quite interesting, all the, all the turkeys. We had plenty of turkey on uh, Thanksgiving Day. And I hope you had a good one and enjoyed the, the time with family, friends. And uh, this morning, I've entitled our Sunday School lesson, The Grateful Heart and uh, Thanksgiving Living. And that's the way Christians need to be, is we need to be thankful people. So look in your Bible there, chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians. And let's begin reading in verse number 15. And the Bible says in verse 15, See that none render evil for evil, unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. A lot of great verses here, and when you think about many of these verses, uh, of course, every day of our lives, there is a lot going on in this world. There's just a lot of things happening. There's, there's a lot of hate in this world, there always has been. Uh, even in 2017, there's still racism uh, going on in our country. There's shootings every week. Uh, there's violence going on. But in the midst of all of this, that's why I love the Word of God. You can come to a passage like this, and you come to a verse like verse number 18, and look what the Bible says again in, what's those next two words? Everything. Everything. Uh, you know, sometimes it's easy to do that, but the Bible says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, there's a lot of uh, verses that we see here, and as Paul's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, how many of you remember the days of writing letters or notes? Anybody remember those? Some of us that are a little bit older Nowadays, it's, it's texting on a phone, right? When you, when you wrote a letter, did you ever write a letter, and after you got to the bottom of the letter, you signed on it, you know, yours truly, or forever yours, or whatever, you'd put your name, and then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, wait a minute, I forgot something. So you would put P.S., remember those? And then you wrote that down, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I just remembered something else. So you wrote P-S-S, right? <laughs> and, and so you would do that. Now, when you look at this chapter, as it, it, really this book, uh, uh, this letter, as it comes to a close, it's not like the Holy Spirit gave Paul the words to, to record, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit wait, said, wait a minute, I forgot something. It's not like that at all. But what the Holy Spirit is giving us here is some admonitions to help us in life. There's a lot of great nuggets right here in this little portion of Scripture. But 
the, the Holy Spirit was trying to help the, the immediate audience was a church, just like our church, Bible Baptist Church, but this letter was written to the church in Thessalonica. So Paul, was, with the Holy Spirit's help, was, was trying to, to admonish them, to encourage them about some things. And this church in Thessalonica, if you study the Word of God, here's what you find is they were kind of a, what you would call a model church. In other words, if you look in the New Testament and you would say, okay, is there a church that we would like maybe our church to be patterned after? This particular church would be one of those types of churches. Look what it says in this same book in the first chapter, verse number eight there in your notes, at the testimony about this church. It says, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad. What a testimony that they had is that this church was known for the word of God. People come in sometimes and I see them sitting in our church and as I get up and teach and I preach the word of God, people say to me sometimes out in the foyer after church, wow, I didn't know there was a church that still preached the word of God, you know? And, and it's sad, but there are churches just like ours. Now, our church just happens to be named Bible Baptist Church, but there's a lot of churches that have the name Bible in them or Christian in them or church, but yet they don't preach the Word of God. And the reason this church was a great model is because of the testimony that they had. And as a model church, one of the things that I think was unique about the church in Thessalonica is, is that they made much out of the little things. See, I think a lot of times it's the little things that make a difference. Uh, when people walk through the doors this morning, look here, a smile on your face, a shake of their hands, uh, uh, just saying to them, glad you're here today. Just little things in life. This is something my mom really kind of instilled in me as I was a child, is just little things make a difference in a person's life. And I think God blesses a church, and I think God blesses a people that makes much out of the little things to make, to make a difference in people's lives. See, I think that we need to be like the church in Thessalonica. I think they were a group of people that would be heard saying something like this, God's been good to us. God's been good to us. Uh, you know, I, I think about how good the Lord's been to, to me over the years, and it, it brings me back every time I read this, and, and I'm reminded every time I look at it in verse 18, and by the way, it's the same in these other admonitions right here at the end of this letter, is that these are commands of God. So what's the command we're focusing on today? In everything, give thanks. God's not asking you to do that. He's commanding you to do that. He's commanding me to do that. I heard about a fourth grade girl she was overheard at Thanksgiving, and, and is this not typical in the day we live in? A fourth grade girl said, the pilgrims came seeking freedom from you know what. When they landed, they gave thanks to you know who. Because of this, we can worship each Sunday you know where. That's kind of the way uh, we, we have gotten in our country is we've become generic. You know, we can't say certain names. Listen, uh, it reminds me of a pastor that I know that, that's been out in Las Vegas for almost 30 years. They opened up a brand new fire station. They, they called the church and asked him, would you come and pray a prayer of dedication 
uh, to, to the, for this fire station, and he said, I would love to, I would be honored. And so they told him, they said, now the only stipulation is you cannot pray in Jesus' name. That's what they told him. So it's like, we want you to come pray, but we want you to pray our prayer, you know? And so the pastor said, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd love to. And, and so he, he didn't have to pray long about it. He got there on that day, and he got up there, and they, they said, Pastor Dave Tice is going to come, and he's going to pray. And so Dave Tice got up, he prayed a prayer. God, may your hand of protection be upon this fire department and the men and women that serve, and, and uh, your hand of blessing on there in Jesus' name. That's what he prayed. Now, I guarantee you, he'll probably never get asked to pray another prayer of dedication again. But that's the way we need to pray because we're commanded to do that. We need to be people, unlike the people of this world, who no longer thank the Lord. We need to thank God always and in everything. And sometimes, I think even Christians, I see it sometimes in their lives, they struggle with this matter of having a gratitude attitude. We need to be that way. Uh, you know, again, I know Thanksgiving was a couple days ago, but I don't think that we should just one day a year say thank you to the Lord. I think it needs to be on our tongue and, and in our hearts at all times. I, I've, I've thought about this. Thanksgiving Day must be a day of great frustration for atheists, right? You know, what, who are they thankful to? You know, what are they thankful for? So this morning, I want you to see just a couple thoughts. Notice, first of all, I mentioned the command for Thanksgiving. And the Bible says again in verse 18, in everything give thanks. Now, has anybody else in here besides me failed in this area? You know, to be thankful in everything? How about when storms come, trials? Can you find something to be thankful for? It's easy to thank, be thankful when things are good. But God says, in everything, give thanks. Notice that our thankfulness, this command, that it is a, first of all, a continual gratitude. The action of the wording here that God gives is something that should be ongoing. It's not meant just for one day a year. Look at Psalm 146, verse 2. While I live, are you still alive today? All right. Look what the psalmist says. He says, while I live... Will I praise the Lord? I will sing praises unto my God while I have my being. In other words, look, every day, every day of my life, it should be continual, even in the valleys. I, I thought about, you know, the psalmist, he writes in Psalm 23, and he talks about the valley of the shadow of death. And I think, I think in my heart, he still found a way to be thankful. It was a continual gratitude. How can we praise Him? Notice a couple ways. One is with our lips. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 15, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God, notice the word, continually. And the Bible says that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Uh, you and I, we need to have a life, but we need to have a home where people learn to thank each other. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I learned this from my father-in-law years ago. Uh, you know, he was always thankful. It didn't matter what food was on the table. He thanked the Lord and he thanked the cook. You know, a good way to make sure your next meal's coming is to thank the cook, right? You know, and uh, anybody else, when, when I was a kid growing up, my mother, I don't know why they did it, but they used to stick uh, toothpicks in the cake. And if you, if you got a toothpick, you had to kiss the cook. Anybody else have something like that? 
and that was maybe that was just a home tr uh, tradition we had, but uh, I, I got to kiss my mom a lot, all right? But, but look, we need to be thankful. Are you thankful for your job today? Are you thankful for your boss today? You thankful for your health? You know, folks, listen, uh, honestly, my wife and I, we, we struggle with, with Obamacare and the whole uh, health insurance thing, but guess what? What's the opposite of the health insurance? No health insurance. You know, and, and I think that we should be thankful in all things, in everything. There is always, always something to be thankful for. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, look at that. I think I included this. When we bless God for mercies, we usually prolong them. When we bless God for miseries, we usually end them. Praise is the honey of life which a devout heart extracts from every bloom of providence and grace. We need to have that praise on our tongue and from our lips. It's the honey of life. And God allows seasons in our lives. And those seasons that he brings into our lives are opportunities for us to thank him. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, part of that verse, look at this, God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. So when we, we have this uh, attitude, this attitude of gratitude, it needs to be something that comes from our lips. But notice also, secondly, we need to praise Him from, with our livelihood, our existence, the very living that God has given to us. Look at Hebrews 13, 16. The Bible says this, here's the life that God wants you to have is, it says, do good. And to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Now that word communicate there, here's what it means. It's talking about giving. That's what it means here in this verse, to communicate. It means to give. It's dealing with this matter of expressing ourselves through giving. See, thankfulness is something that we express, right? We express thankfulness. So when we give uh, to, to someone or we give to the Lord, what are we doing? We're expressing or communicating our gratitude to them. So look, when, when I give in church and I give to the Lord, I'm expressing my gratitude to God for His goodness in my life. Look, without the Lord, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be here today. Uh, here's, a, here's an example. If I give something to my wife, what am I doing? I'm expressing my gratitude or my love to her as my wife, as the love of my life. And so we have to understand that we can communicate to God, we can praise Him with our livelihood, and when we give, it's a part of Christian worship. Uh, Philippians 4.15, look at this verse. Now ye Philippians know also no church, here's the word again, no church communicated with me as concerning what? Giving and receiving. See, it's a way to express. Paul's saying no one else expressed their appreciation or no one else expressed their love and their gratitude towards me like you did in Philippi. And as we think about this command for thanksgiving, it should be a continual gratitude in our lives. But notice, secondly, it should be an unconditional gratitude. Now, you know that we're famous about putting conditions on, th on things, aren't we? You know, I'll love you if, you know. 
And that's the way we are in life many times. But I, I, look, my mind always goes back to God's love for me and God's love for all of us. God's love is unconditional. If we're, we're to be like Christ, you know, Jesus, here's the example is, notice first of all, it's an imperative command. He's telling us to be thankful, to have a gratitude through every circumstances. Henry Beecher said, a proud man is seldom a grateful man because he never gets as much as he thinks he deserves. We should start every day. Look, every day you should wake up, and here's, here's what you should, should think. I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. That's what you, every day. God, thank you for a new day. I don't deserve, what I deserve is I deserve hell. So today is a blessing from you. Uh, I love Sundays because Sunday is the Lord's day. But every day is a gift from God. And so this is a, uh, an imperative command. It is something God's commanding us to do, is to be thankful at all times, in all circumstances. But notice, secondly, it's a constant command. The tense here that he uses is it's in the present tense, in everything. Tozer said, gratitude is an offering precious in the sight of God. It is one that the poorest, look at this, that the poorest of us can make and not be poorer, but richer for having made it. Every one of us need to see this. See, riches of the heart has nothing to do with the pocketbook. I've known a lot of people who are rich because of what God is doing in their lives. It has nothing to do with how much money they have or how much things that they have. And he's telling us, look, we need to understand that a thankful man is a rich man. Let me say that again. A thankful man, a thankful woman is a rich person because they understand how good God has been. Some have a lot of things, but guess what? They have not a heart of gratitude, and I see people with all kinds of things, and you know what I see? I see misery in their lives. They're not happy. They have everything that this life has to offer, but those things do not bring happiness. But I see others that have so little, and they're thankful, and because they're thankful, guess what? They're rich. They're rich. I, I love to see people. James says in James 1, 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, which, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So we need to be thankful to God when the blessings come. Look at Psalm 145, verse 3. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. You know, if you're here today and you're saved, guess what? You're blessed. You know, even during times of trial, if you're saved, you are blessed of the Lord. And sometimes trials do come. James writes here in the same chapter, my brethren, look at these words, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. No matter what's going on in your life, Look, every one of us can understand and appreciate the fact that God wants us to give Him thanks in our lives. It's, it's so important. I read this account this past week as I was studying for this lesson, and uh, the guy gave the account. I don't know if any of you have ever done this. Anybody ever, when you're traveling or maybe you stop somewhere, ever, anybody ever walk through cemeteries and read uh, gravestones? Anybody ever done that? And sometimes you get around certain areas, especially historic areas, and, and you can see, I've, I've seen many times 
where you see the small little headstones. And I remember one time, just like this man that gave the account of where you'll see uh, many times a, a baby was born and only lived a couple days. And it, and it just, and then I started looking around and I saw so many of those because years ago, I mean, they, they didn't have the medicine. They didn't have the things. Our daughter, our oldest daughter, when she was born with what she had, the doctors told us that 10 years before she was born, she would have died from what she was born with. And I thought, wow, if she would have been born in, in uh, 1977 instead of 1987, she probably wouldn't have been alive today. And this man gave this testimony, and, 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 and I love what it says here because uh, he was looking through, and here's what they, they, they uh, commented. They said, we cannot, Lord, thy purpose see, but all is well that is done by thee. Now, how in the world can somebody who had so many little babies die from their hearts still give thanks? Lord, I don't understand it all. I don't know why this has happened. I don't know why you've given us a child and chose to take that child in such a short amount of time, but no matter what it is, God, I still want to thank you for what you've done and what you've given to us, and we need to have that constant thank you, thankfulness to the Lord. Look, let me just say it this way. Don't let the devil rob you of the gratitude in your heart for the Lord, and that's what happens sometimes, is we just allow the wicked one to snatch the, the seed of thankfulness, and uh, many times you just see people who are not very thankful to the Lord. But look, as, as we already mentioned here in verse 18, what does the Lord tell us to do? He commands us to be thankful. And look, if we are thankful, look at secondly, what's the consolation of thankfulness? Well, look at verse 18 again. In everything give thanks, now watch this, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So he says here, look, this is the will of God. It's, it, this is something that you and I need to see as Christians. This is God's will for you, is that we would be a thankful people. Notice, first of all, that when we're thankful, what do we do? We live in God's will. And you know what that means is if we're not thankful, we're not going to be in God's will. But when we are thankful, somebody said you will never know uh, God's will when there is an unthankful heart in your breast. Uh, you don't find, look, you can't go to work and put your name up on a job board and find God's will. That's not the way you find God's will. We need to see how important it is that if we are thankful first then, and we get that settled, then what's going to happen is we're going to have a contentment and if God chooses, I, over the years, uh, and, and it's kind of a neat thing because today is the, would have been the first Sunday three years ago, that was my first service as a pastor of this church. Three years, Brother Jeff, time flies, doesn't it? And three years ago, now everybody's regretting that decision three years ago. But, but the thing about it is, is, is when you think about that, I, I had times over the years where people would say to me, uh, don't you think you're ever going to pastor again? Uh, are you ever going to pastor again? They'd ask me things along those ways. And I would say the same thing no matter who asked me, whether it was staff or even, you know, if it might have been somebody that was very close to me, I would just say something like this. I'd say, listen, God knows where I'm at. And if the Lord wants me to pastor again someday, then he'll show me that. You know what I was saying to them? 
is I am perfectly content where I'm at. Now, when, when, when God started moving on my heart to, to, and I didn't know it first, and the Lord eventually revealed that to me that he wanted me back out in the pasture, but when God started to move on my heart, I remember one of my dear friends, he called me and he's like, what are you, what are you doing? And I, I said, what do you mean? He said, listen, he said, when you, before you came uh, to this ministry, he said, you pastored a church of 70 people. And he said, now, he said, God's given you on a daily basis the influence to influence 10 times the amount of people that you pastored in your first church. Because I was teaching about 700 students, uh, basically, in all of my classes each semester uh, before I left and came here to South Florida. And he said, I, he goes, look, you need to stay here. You ever get somebody tries to convince you what God's will is for your life? You need to stay here. God's using you. And I said, I understand all that. But I said, the Lord undoubtedly has something else for our... Listen, folks, I'm glad that I didn't miss that. But you know what? While I was out there in California, even though I was in the land of fruits and nuts, I was still thankful. I was still content. And that's what we need to do is settle things in our lives. We need to have contentment. The Bible talks about with uh, godliness is, is great contentment. And that's the way we need to be in our lives is we need to be content. Listen, your spiritual condition has nothing to do with where you live. It has nothing to do with where you work. It has nothing to do with who you're married to. It has everything to do with how deep your Christian life is with the Lord. That's where we need to be is we need to make sure that we understand the consolation of the gratitude life is that you are much more likely to be in God's will when you are a person that is thankful to God. That's what we need to be is a thankful person. It's impossible to be thankful and to be still in the will of God. What does he say? In everything give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Every one of us need to see. Look at Psalm 107, verse 2. Here's a great verse. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed, where? From the hand of the enemy. I mean, every one of us need to, to see and to say how good God is in our lives. This morning, I was sitting in my office very early thinking about how good God is. That's how God has been such a blessing. And so if we're thankful, look, we will live in God's will. But notice secondly, is if we're thankful, we will also live in Christ's likeness. Uh, one of the most precious times that we have is uh, about every other month, we come together as a church family and we observe the Lord's table. And uh, I always try to encourage our church family to be here for that. And I know sometimes things don't allow, but, but it's such a precious time when we come together as a church and we observe the, the Lord's table and we remember that time, the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. But I want you to look in your notes at this verse, and I read this a lot of times. We're talking about having a grateful heart this morning. Look at the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 24. And when he had given what? Verse 24, you see it there? 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-four. 24. And when he had given what? Is it in your notes? 
No? Okay, sorry about that. First, listen to the verse. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four. the Bible says, When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, now you know the context, right? The Lord, this is, this is uh, many believe this is referring back to the last time that the Lord sat with his disciples, right before he went to the cross. Listen, Jesus is God. I said to a lady at the door yesterday, her name was Sue, and she was from England, and I was talking to her about uh, the Lord, and I was witnessing to her. I was, I was trying to just go through the plan of salvation with her, and, and it was evident that she had church background, but she really didn't, she wasn't saved. So I, I, the Lord just kind of put on my mind, and so I said to her, I go, Sue, what are we, we going to celebrate in about a month? She goes, Christmas. I said, do you know what Christmas is about? And she said, yeah, it's, it's about uh, the birth of Christ. And I said, uh, so who is, who is Jesus? And she said, well, he's supposedly God's son. And I said, do you believe that? And she says, well, that's what some people believe. And, and she was not a believer. And, you know, I think to myself how Jesus is God. He was God in the flesh, the Bible tells us. And because he was God, guess what? He knows everything, right? So here he was. He was with his disciples. They're partaking of this last supper. And he knew that he was about to go on trial he knew that he was going to be beaten. He knew that they were going to put a crown of thorns on his head. He knew that they were going to nail him to an old rugged cross. He knew they were going to hang him in shame in front of everybody. He knew that our sins, yours and mine, were going to be placed on him. And the Bible says, and when he had given thanks. Now just let that settle in. I don't know what you're facing, what you're going to face. None of us will ever face or go through the ordeal that Jesus went through. And somehow, some way, he still found a way to give thanks. What a Savior, right? What a friend we have in Jesus. You know, I, I think about Paul's life in the Word of God. Paul, and I, there were probably other people in the Bible that suffered greatly. Some we can read about, some we can only speculate. But the account of Paul where he he suffered shipwreck, and he was, he was in the deep, and he was, he was beaten, and he was stoned, and on and on and on, right? And you know, if you, if you read the writings of the Apostle Paul, he was a thankful man. He still found a way to be thankful. The Bible says in Psalm 100, and I read these verses uh, Thursday when we had our meal here, enter into his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, his truth endureth to all generations. Paul told those young converts in Corinth, he, look at this verse, 
Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Do you know who the unspeakable gift is? Jesus. And the Bible tells us that we should be thankful for so many things, but the one thing that I'm always thankful for is the gift that that God gave, and that was His own dear Son. No gift will ever match that. You ever buy a present for somebody for Christmas, and you you think to yourself, I I wonder if they're going to like it. You know, what we do nowadays is we give a gift to somebody, and you know what we give them? We give the gift and the gift receipt. So many times what people do is they take the gift and they take it back and they get something else. God gave a gift that there's no match for it. He gave a gift beyond anything that we could ever do for someone else. And I'm glad for that unspeakable gift. See, a grateful heart is having thanksgiving living. Don't ever forget, according to the Word of God, that your sins are as far as the east is from west. They're buried in the depths of sea. Don't ever forget that according to the Word of God, you and I already, listen, we're accepted in the Beloved. Don't ever forget that the Bible says that we are joint heirs with Jesus. Don't ever forget that you and I, according to the Word of God, have an inheritance reserved for us in heaven. See, all of this, all of these benefits that God has given to us, It's all because of one person. It's all because of Jesus. And we need to have a grateful heart. Thanksgiving living. How many of you are thankful this morning? Listen, I pray that God used something from the Word of God this morning just to encourage you. I know sometimes with all that we face, it's hard to be thankful. But let's be men and women of God that in everything, let's say that in everything, Give thanks. Why? Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for everything that you do for us, everything that you give to us, and that means everything. And help us to be thankful because this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. For it's in his precious name we pray. Amen.